Time is layered with infinite spiritual richness, whereby each point in time carries with it waves and layers of depth. The cycle of holidays provide a layer of spiritual progression that we can tap into, carrying us towards our ultimate destination of time itself. And interestingly, the cycle of Torah reading provides this opportunity as well. Each Parsha has unique ideas and concepts embedded within it that are relevant to the specific time of year that is read. And Elo is the time of Teshuva of self-awareness and recalibration, of inspiration and will. And Kisavo is the Parsha of Tochacha, rebuke. And the connection between Teshuvah and rebuke appears self-evident, but an in-depth exploration of these topics reveals an even richer and perhaps less obvious connection. In order to more fully understand this connection between Tochacha and Teshuvah, we have to first understand the concept of flattery. The Mishnah in Sota describes the following incident. When King Agrippas got to Yerushalayim, when he got up to read the Torah, he opened to the phrase, you shall not appoint a foreign king over you, an Ishnachri. And as soon as he read these words, he began crying because he knew that his lineage, his Yichus, disqualified him from being king. But the Jewish people immediately comforted him saying, do not fear. You are our brother, you are our brother. And the Gemara quotes Reb Nassim's comment on this incident, who says that at this very moment, Klai Yisrael brought a death sentence upon their heads because they flattered Agrippas. And the discussion of flattery continues in the Gemara with an even more enigmatic description of its severity. Rabbi Lazar declares that anyone who's a flatterer, the unborn fetuses in the womb, curse him. What does this mean? What's the curse of the unborn fetus? And how does this relate to the problem of flattery? So in order to understand the meaning behind the unborn fetus and its connection to flattery, we have to revisit a Gemara we discussed several times that describes the initial stage of our formation. The Gemara Nida, the Flamin Amabeis, explains that when you were just a fetus, you were in a perfected and transcendent state of being, and while in utero, a malach taught you kola Torah kula, all of Torah and you understood all of reality with a crystal clear lens. But just before you were born, this malach struck you on the mouth, causing you to forget everything you learned. So two obvious questions arise. Why did the malach make you forget it? But if he's gonna make you forget it, why even teach it to you in the first place? So the Vilna Gon explains, as we've discussed many times before, that when you learn Torah, you weren't just learning simple Torah, you were learning your Torah. You were being shown your unique purpose in the world, how your unique role fits into the larger scheme of the human story as a whole. You were being given a taste of your own perfection, of what you could, should, and hopefully will become. And most importantly, you didn't lose it. You lost access to it. Instead of it disappearing completely, this state of self becomes buried deep within your subconscious. And the reason is because what you received in the womb was not real. It was a gift. It was something unearned, undeserved. The goal of life is to come into this world and rebuild all that you once were in the womb. And this time, however, it's going to be real since you've built it yourself. In essence, your job in this world is not to create yourself but rather to recreate yourself, to re-attain your original state of perfection as you were shown by the Malach in the womb. And this time, however, 
It's going to be done through free will by choosing to become great. And only by overcoming challenge and difficulty and asserting your willpower can you fulfill your true potential. Because in essence, our entire life is a story of teshuva, of returning to our original, higher, and true self. And this is the spiritual purpose of rebuke. It's to help one fulfill his or her true purpose and potential in this world. Life is difficult, it's mysterious, and sometimes overwhelming. There are times when we fall, when we lose our clarity and direction, when our moral and spiritual compass becomes secondary to impulse and instant gratification. And it's precisely at these moments, at these times of internal struggle, that we need inspiration, guidance, and yes, rebuke. Because rebuke is not only from direct confrontation, and, and doesn't even need to come from another person. Rebuke is simply the experience one has when confronted with the truth. And the subsequent realization of how one's actions and lifestyle contradict that truth. When one is on the right path, growing every day, the truth is a guiding, shining light in the storm of darkness. But when one has lost their way, the truth can hurt. And that hurt, though, is the ultimate rebuke. If one has the courage to embrace that hurt, to refuse the urge to shrug it off, to use it as guidance and inspiration to grow, that experience will lead them back on track towards fulfilling their true potential. And this is the importance of tochacha. Without the realization that something has gone wrong, there is no impetus to change one's negative trajectory, to make new decisions. Change stems from friction and discomfort, from the inability to continue living the way one has until now. And sometimes only the unexpected and uncomfortable jolt of rebuke can stop that downward slide and help one create a new chapter in their life. That emotional wake-up call is the ultimate gift, the ultimate act of love. In order to understand the spiritual harm caused by flattery, it's necessary to examine the internal experience of the one who's flattered. When one is in a vulnerable position, whereby their internal contradictions and hypocrisy have been revealed, and they're seen for who they truly are, they become broken and embarrassed. And there are two possible reactions in such a delicate and fragile moment. The first is to compliment and appease them, to try and prevent a complete breakdown. And this is the aim behind flattery. It's to give false praise and honor to someone at the exact time when they need to feel the effects of rebuke. And the second option is to give honest feedback and rebuke to finalize the breakdown process. And at first glance, flattery appears to be the kinder and more sensitive approach. However, at the absolute root and core of this circumstance, flattery is the ultimate evil, and rebuke is the ultimate kindness. So let's briefly explore the meaning of this. Growth takes place at breaking points, where decisions are made and will is asserted. It is precisely when one is vulnerable, when they're exposed to their internal lies and hypocrisy, that genuine and lasting change is possible. When one flatters someone at this critical point in time, they remove the impetus to change and stifle any growth. It's okay, don't worry about it, it happens to the best of us. That cripples the impact, the full force and power of the truth. A flatterer convinces someone who is on the wrong path 
that he's actually on the right path. Instead of helping him see the error in his ways, the flatterer encourages him, convincing him that he's actually correct. And now, not only is he unaware of the fact that he acted inappropriately, but his chance of doing teshuva and changing his ways are all but lost. The flatterer grants him moral immunity, alleviating the pain of truth, and in doing so ensures that this mistake will persist. And this, in truth, is the ultimate act of evil. And we can now understand the curse of the unborn fetus. The fetus is shown the path of truth. It is given it all as a gift and is then given a blow of love, given the mission to enter this world and fully actualize its potential. A fetus fully grasps the purpose of this life, the meaning of challenge and growth. And when a person in this world is given the chance to grow, to transcend his limitations, to take the next step in his spiritual journey, and due to someone else's actions he fails to, that person is cursed by the unborn fetuses. And this is because a fetus represents the ultimate expression of unborn potential, someone who sees so clearly what life could and should be, but is not yet given full expression into reality. And the unborn fetus looks at this wasted potential, this unborn spiritual growth, and is pained by its lack of expression. And in truth, the person himself who fails to take that next step in his spiritual growth, he was also once a fetus. And his own fetus curses the person who prevents him from actualizing his potential, the flatterer. So whenever this occurs, the concept of the fetus and this person's actual fetus both curse the individual responsible for stealing this spiritual potential. And without question, rebuke is difficult to absorb. Even acknowledging our faults within ourselves without anyone else seeing who we really are is extremely painful. And our struggles and failures make us feel weak and inadequate, undeserving of love and greatness. But the true purpose of Tochacha is not to show us how low we are, but to show us how great we can be. The knowledge of where we have gone wrong gives us direction for where to improve. It reminds us of something crucial, that we have a mission to become perfect and we can achieve greatness. That we may never achieve complete perfection, but we can become a little higher and a little better every single day. And the ultimate tochacha is coming face to face with who we could be, with our fetal selves, and realizing that we didn't become who we were meant to be. And this is the opportunity that life gives us. This is the objective of Elo in our road towards Rosh Hashanah, to recognize that truth, to embrace it and to then come back into the world of space, time, and choice, and choose to become that person, to fully manifest our fetal potential and perform the ultimate expression of genuine teshuva. This is the story of life. May we be inspired to embrace our deficiencies, not with the handicap of flattery, but with the inspiring tool of rebuke, which will propel us forward towards our true destination, to our higher selves, to our collective selves, to Hashem Himself.